I have quite a few questions. I saw you writing over there. <laughs> um, so, man, let me just kind of blow through some of these, all right? Okay. <clears throat> if moderate depression is treated successfully via going to an internal medicine doctor and, and somebody's received drugs and that kind of stuff, um, is there a reason to talk to uh, a doctor of therapy, counseling, psychology, that type of thing? Only if there are some cognitive or spiritual things that you still need to work through. Some stuff from the past that may have led to that depression. Um, but if, if, you, if you felt depressed for reasons you couldn't figure out and you, you went to the doctor and they, they gave you some medication to help you with that illness and it went away, uh, praise the Lord. Yeah. You don't need me. Um, now, we all need good friends that we can talk to about our problems and stuff, but you don't necessarily need to come see me. Well, that leads into a next question. So somebody says, I do have those things they recognize going on in their heart and mind. How do they book a session with this guy? <laughs> yeah, with this guy. Um, or number two, how does a person, um, this was a separate question, how does a person find, evaluate a therapist? Okay, I'm not really a psychologist. I just play one on TV. So this is, uh, that wasn't even funny, was it? Uh, I, yeah, five out of ten. Yeah. Uh, Wellspring Christian Clinic uh, is how you would find us. If you want to come up to me afterwards, I've got some cards in my folder somewhere. Um, yeah, somewhere over there. Um, and, uh, or you can go to our website, wellspringchristian.com. And there's 19 of us. Um, so if appointments with me don't fit your schedule, um, we got men, women uh, who do various types of counseling for various issues. Um, anything you have trouble with, there's somebody at Wellspring that could probably help you. So uh, wellspringchristian.com. Um, or if you want the phone number, I'll... Well, it's 205-977-3003. Just like yeah. that. Yeah, that's the number. Uh, but, I, you know, he's got my email and stuff. If you forget it, shoot me an email. Yeah. What? 205-977-3003. All right, so the, the separate side of that. Oh, yeah, what was the other one? How do they evaluate a therapist, find and evaluate a therapist? But let me give you, I, I got an updated okay. text. Particularly therapy for kids uh, when they will be talking to them privately? Yeah. Um, we've got three dedicated child therapists at Wellspring. Um, one of them's a woman, two of them are men. Uh, you can get on the, on the website, you'll see a picture of them and a brief description of them, and just pick the one you think looks the friendliest. <laughs> uh, uh, and the same with anything. You, on the website, you can type in there that, I'm feeling depressed, and all the therapists who deal with that will be listed. Or I'm dealing with an eating disorder, and all the therapists who deal with that will, will come up. Um, so we've tried to design it so that you can type in the problem you're having, and, and the three or four people that do that will come up, and then you can just pick from their picture. Um, and believe it or not, you know, if you interview, you can interview a therapist if you schedule with them and, and it's not a click, which is, it happens a lot. Then change to somebody else. That's okay. We're used to that. Um, 
And the child therapist will sometimes, they'll probably want to meet with everyone for the first session, certainly the parents and the child. Um, but after that, um, it kind of depends on what the problem is. Sometimes they meet with just the child, but usually, you know, especially young children, um, it's going to be a lot of parent involvement too, as it should be. Doc, so um, somebody asked, do you really believe forgiveness sets me free? Um, that's yes. A, that's, <laughs> that's a hard pill to swallow. And then followed by this question, um, how do you forgive someone that doesn't care that you, that, well, how do you forgive someone that doesn't care that they've wronged you? Uh, most of them don't. Most of the offenders don't care. I hate to say that, but. Um, it sure is easier when they do, because if you, you know, the Bible talks a lot about reconciliation, um, where you go to the other, to the offending party and, and work on that. But that can be dangerous, frankly. Sometimes you go to this other person who's offended you, and if they don't care, you're going to get offended again. Um, that's why the Bible talks about forgiveness is a command. You know, think about it like this. Forgiveness involves one person, you and God. Reconciliation involves two people, you and the other person. Sometimes it's not safe to reconcile. That is plan A for sure, but sometimes it's not safe. But you can forgive dead people. Okay, Forgiveness is me asking God to take away the IOU that I'm holding in my hand. That's one way to think about it. Um, God wants that. He says... He says, Al, I'm going to take that from you. you, you don't, I don't want you to be the judge. That seat has already been filled. Um, so, yes, I, I, forgiveness is super hard because in our heart we don't want to let them off the hook. Okay, That's why it's so awesome to know that God doesn't let people off the hook. Well, one thing God did to get us off the hook was to die for us, though. Okay, So it's not that I want to say, well, God, help me to forgive them, but I want you to crush them. That's not a very good attitude. That's not the attitude Jesus had. The giggles were amens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you think about it. Think of the term total forgiveness. Okay, Jesus' model of forgiveness. Sorry to keep going with this. No. Jesus' model. I'm preaching, baby. Uh, Jesus' model of forgiveness was, I forgive you. Father, please forgive them. So Jesus became not just the one who forgave me, but he became my advocate between me and the holy judge. Oh, my goodness, I can't do that. If if I'm mad at you because you've offended me, I'm going to do my best to try to forgive you, but I'm sure not going to go to God and ask him to please don't hurt Jimmy because Jimmy messed with me. Um, But that's that's one of those in Christ moments where God gives me the, the strength to be able to do something that is just flat out miraculous. How can I do that? I can't unless God gives me the, the strength to become your advocate. Okay, so that's why I, the only prayer I can get out sometimes is, God, just give me the want to because I don't want to. Keep doing that, and that will help you get to the point where you can forgive. But forgiveness is so healing. That's good. Okay. Can depression present itself different than lethargy, sadness, and be harder to identify? Yeah. And and there was a second text sent the same way along the lines of um, a lot of the symptoms they recognize, but they've never experienced sadness. Um, I think from a clinical point of view, if you're not 
sad and you're not having like an irritable mood, that's sort of a prerequisite. If you're not having either one of those, but you're having some of the other, then you're probably not truly depressed. Okay, that would probably mean there's something else going on. There's some other medical issue going on. Okay, because without those two, there's lots of things that can cause concentration problems and sleep problems and appetite problems and, and energy issues. I mean, there is so much crossover between different diagnoses. That's why having a professional evaluated is really important because you could get off and running on a wrong diagnosis and wrong treatment plan. Um, uh, well, I just thought of a joke, but I'm not going to say it. It's, it's too long. Suck it too, back in. Too corny. <laughs> this is hard for me. Well, then know. I'll just ask you another question. Okay. <laughs> um, what do you do when friends' family ignore your cry because they think it's not real? Okay. For help. So you've said to your friends and family, I'm depressed, and they're, they're ignoring you. They don't think you're being honest. Correct. Woo. Uh, wow. I would hope that if these people are truly your friends and love you, that that continued explanation will help them realize that you're being honest. Uh, man, that doesn't really sound like a very good friend. Um, I know family does that a lot to us, but uh, I guess what I would say that's a, that's a tough one. I think I would, I think I would just continue giving them information and continue reaching out and. Uh, so the uh, that is a, that's a tough one. Right well, there. hey, there's a text of clarification that came in just now. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so what they're saying is um, they're responding with, "You don't have any reason to be depressed," which is even more depressing. I mean, honestly, I have more people in my office who don't have a reason to be depressed that are depressed, um, uh, which you know that's even more depressing because that's when you feel like, well, this is. This is pointless. I can't even get my hand around it. If there was some reason why I was depressed and I could do something about it, then that's, that's a lot easier to deal with. Um, when you're depressed and there is no reason, nothing to grab, um, that's actually pretty common. Um, which is why it's important to know that there may be something medically going on. I mean, depression is, is a legit medical Ill- illness. And, and so a lot of people, your friends and all, will come to you and say, well, there's really no reason to be depressed. And sometimes they're trying to give you encouraging advice. Um, and sometimes that doesn't really help. A lot of times when you're depressed, you just need somebody to listen to you and, and to affirm you, but to challenge you too. But when you go to somebody and they say, well, you shouldn't be depressed, that's not that bad. That's not very comforting. Maybe that's a good time to reach out. To, yeah, to uh, someone like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and and I just I, I think your friends, because they really do love you, they'll probably come around. They're probably just trying to really encourage you to get you out of that hole. Um, I wouldn't as tempting as it would be to be angry at your friends, especially if they've never been depressed. Man, try to show some grace and mercy because they may not have a clue what this feels like. Um, and they just can't relate. And hopefully they never will be able to relate as far as having their own depression. But I would say just try to be patient with them and continue explaining to them that even though they don't get it, that this is very real for you. Um, tell them to listen to this tape. Um, there you go. It's on the website. On yeah. the website. 
Um, how do you still see God is good when dealing with depression and or want to harm yourself? How do you keep fighting? Yeah, how do you see that God is good? How do you see, how do you still see God as good when you're mm-hmm. dealing with depression and want to harm yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the thing about the whole God is good question, um, that's just a fact. Um, God is good. Uh, if, 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 if me viewing God as good is dependent on my point of view, uh, I mean, I could use an example after example about that. Um, uh, God's, God's track record of all the things that he has done are really untouchable. It's, it's a great track record. Um, the, the reason that we're depressed is our problem. And God hasn't abandoned you, all the things we've been talking about. Um, But I know it's hard to see God as good when you know that he could immediately fix your problems. I mean, it's just super frustrating. Um, And that happens to all of us at one level or another. But um, reminding yourself that God is good even when it doesn't feel good. I know that's that's not super helpful as I'm just saying this to you right now. um, but you said it's related to when you're harming yourself and stuff? When you want to. Yeah. But I, mean, I think, think you said it, and I think you, you, you touched on it a little bit when you were talking, is um, sometimes truth is truth, and, and facts mm-hmm. don't necessarily have feelings a lot of times. Yep. And, and to constantly bombard yourself with the fact that God is good. Yes. Is maybe. Um, yeah, that foundation of truth has just got... That, those waves smash up against that rock of the truth, and it's just hard. I mean, when you're depressed like that, um, it, it, this is not easy. Um, it's so good to know that the truth never changes, uh, even when, uh, I mean, that's everyday life, isn't it? Where we, something happens and we don't understand why it happened, and, we, and, and it's very tempting to think, well, if God really loved me, then X, Y, Z would have happened differently. Um, I mean, that, that's every day of our lives. Uh, we don't understand why God does what he does or why God allows what he allows. And, and it's even worse when depression keeps on going and going and going for a long, long time. Uh, uh, imagine Joseph in an Egyptian prison for 13 years. He probably was a little concerned that wasn't going to work out. Um, and, uh, and yet... Later on in the story, he's forgiving his brothers, and then we got the nation of Israel is born, which didn't exist prior to that. So we could use example after example of um, we have a problem of time perspective. Um, This moment looks terrible to us, but we don't know what's coming, and God does know. Uh, But God is good. I promise you that. I'm going to do two more questions because I do want to be mindful of time and and we certainly want to worship the communion and and have the gospel bathed over us. Um, So let's go with this one first. It seems obvious that we would seek Christian-based counseling, but is um, is there a needed word of caution about who is allowed to speak into depression in our lives? Say the last part again. Is there a... Maybe I should do it this way. So generalist counselor versus Christian counselor. Is it important that we stay in this realm from your perspective 
as opposed to this realm for counsel? Um, I think so because of those things. If you take off half of that board, okay, and I said this last week, um, anyone who, who's re- even reasonably intelligent is, is going to, at some point, a secular counselor who's not a believer, um, all they've got is humanity. All they can tell you is, well, if you just get the right friend or if you just get a different job or if you find the right person to marry, then you're going to be happy. Is that working? How's that working for everyone? <laughs> it's not working. Uh, a, a non-Christian counselor is limited in their ability to really give you the whole picture. And I, I just think at some point they're kind of, I mean, I hate to say it this way, but I, I think at some point they're lying to you to tell you that you, that you can deal with these problems yourself. I just don't, I think you run into a wall at some point, a limitation, Okay. Um, I, and I'm not saying that they can't be of some benefit, but I think if you get deep enough in, they don't have anything else to tell you. There's nowhere else to go. Um, so, uh, yeah. so it's very important. I think it's very important. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, the last man, there, there's so many more, but again, I, um, I get to pick one. Um, Let's go with this one. Closing shot. And again, <laughs> um, man, everything that you said, I don't know how many of you have gone back and listened again to what he said last week, but, but the, the, the talk last week, I mean, you really could just parse it apart. I mean, there could be 20 different talks on each individual section. So thank you um, from us, from our perspective, thank you for trying to do this in two weeks. Super helpful. Um, and, and, and a lot of things going on. Like, Troy, I've given you your sermon series for the next 10 years. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And that's why we're just going to skip it and go to Habakkuk. So um, there's that. You said um, peace is not the absence of anxiety. Peace is the presence of God himself in the midst of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Fantastic yeah. stuff. And if we don't believe that... Joy ultimately won't come. So is there any tips on how to live with the mindset of peace is not the absence of anxiety. Peace is the presence of God in the midst of anxiety. Um, And this phrase here, um, our joy is in direct correlation to our proximity to him. Mm -hmm. Just touch on that one more time. Well, how to have peace with how to how to get that in our heads, not just on Sunday when we have somebody bombarding it, mm-hmm. but how do you get that in your head Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at nine thirty-seven p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let me let me answer it this way. Um, okay, if the assignment for everyone in this room was to go out and buy my wife a birthday gift, okay. Um, just by a show of hands, who, who thinks that I'm probably going to get her a better gift than y'all? Yeah, I see some women out there going, I, I know what you... Uh, and, and you may be right. Uh, but there's a, there's a pretty decent chance, certainly for all you dudes out there, that I'm going to get my wife a better gift than y'all would because why? I know my wife. Okay? Um, 
proximity to God. That's why I said from the beginning, when last week we were talking about how all this stuff is so deeply spiritual. Um, you've, we've got to spend time with God so that all this stuff makes sense. Uh, when I, I, I have a relationship with my wife. When I spend time with my wife, I know her, she knows me. Uh, I know what she's thinking a lot of times. Um, it's what I don't know what she's thinking that gets me in trouble. Um, but the more time we spend with God, the closer you're going to be with God. It's not rocket science. If you want to be stronger in, in knowing that God is good and loving and, and omnipresent and omniscient and omnipotent, um, so that when tough times come, and they are coming, you'll be stronger, I promise you. It's, it's relational. God is a relational God. Since the beginning of eternity, there was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in relationship to each other. There was love there that pre-existed time. And, and as a believer, God is inviting us into that love relationship. It's like a dance. Man, I'm really getting crazy here, aren't I? Uh, God is inviting us into this relationship with Him. And if you dive into that, you're going to be stronger because you're going to understand your God. Okay, maybe I should just stop. I love it. Okay. It's just, at some point, it just falls to do I believe that or not. Yes. And it's so much easier to believe it when you're in a tight relationship with your Heavenly Father who's crazy about you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Saunders. You're welcome. Would y'all thank you one more time? Hey, thank you guys. I mean, this is... This has been a lot of fun, and I appreciate y'all listening. I know this is probably a lot longer than Troy usually talks, but I really do appreciate y'all letting me come out and talk about this stuff. Thank you. Yeah.